Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark and joining me on today's episode is the gorgeous Audrey Horn. Yes, Sherilyn Fenn herself is here and we're going to be talking all things Twin Peaks. But before we get into that, let's just have a little chat. I just wanted to thank you all, as I do on most episodes, but the response is getting bigger and bigger from you all after every single episode. The last episode with Carl Gottlieb has been the most downloaded episode I've done since I've launched, so a massive thank you for taking the time to listen and also for taking the time to email me or drop me a Facebook comment or a tweet to let me know how much you enjoyed it. To speak to that legend from Jaws was a dream come true and to know that you all enjoyed it as well is just unbelievable. So thank you again. But let's talk today about this mighty fine episode. So anyone out there that is a fan of Twin Peaks will know this character. You would have fallen in love with her many years ago and you're going to be falling in love with her all again in a couple of weeks when Twin Peaks returns. This interview has actually taken me, and this is no exaggeration, five months to get sorted. I actually did a count and there was 171 email exchanges between me and Sherilyn to make this happen. There's been delays, there's been stuff with conflicts of what we can discuss and what we can't, but hey, it's happened, we've got it down, we've got it done and it's perfect timing before the relaunch of Twin Peaks. So, without further ado, here is the interview with me and Sherilyn Fenn. I hope you enjoy. So what I want to do is for the listeners out there is take it right back to the start and when you were growing up what were your pop culture favorites? Hmm. I grew up in Michigan so it was very um like John Travolta was a really big deal Saturday Night Fever Grease you know I, you know real American um what was TV was stuff was like pretty much happy days I mean it was real kind of nothing like Twin Peaks. <laughs> no complete opposite. <laughs> All of the all of them showing these lives that supposedly exist that probably don't anyway, you know. Nothing like Twin Peaks. So what was your school days like, your early days growing up? Did you have a good childhood or No, I wouldn't define my childhood as good. Um I think from an adult's perspective now that you you see that you know, life it's good, it's bad, it's up and it's down. It was hard. It wasn't stable. There was a lot of moving around, new schools, new different fathers. My mother was married a number of times, and um, it felt very unstable. Um, so that wasn't fun. Yeah. Did it get better as you grew older? Was it when you were sort of teenage years, you know, were you a bit more stable, or was it just not a good time? No, we were bouncing. We would still bounce around a lot, um, so it would be happy. hard to maintain friendships and then we moved to Los Angeles when I was 17 and I was supposed to go to my senior year in Beverly Hills High School and I was just thinking absolutely not I'm not not starting over again as a new person in in Beverly Hills High School so I truly fell into acting because my mother's family is they're musicians and you know they like that sort of thing and it was it was actually a way to get out of going to Beverly Hills High School for my senior year. That's honestly what happened. Um, 
So I started studying at Lee Strasberg um, at the actor studio, but like half-heartedly studying and, you know, it didn't, it didn't, um, the method didn't touch me the way it touched a lot of people. Um, it was a different time. So like saying they're working on a, a coffee cup or whatever, I didn't like it that much. But I started working as an actress, oddly. Um, I started getting jobs, and I started, you know, doing little roles here and there and people teaching me as I went along. Um, and that was that was during the 80s, you know, all those kind of, you know, boy meets girl movies um, or or a lot of horror movies, although I didn't do those, like the Nightmare on Elm Streets and stuff. But, you know, those kind of teeny movies that they were making then, you know? Definitely. I mean, did you have a lot of pressure on you? Because I believe is your aunt um, Susie Quattro. Yeah. Yeah, and your dad was a your dad was a manager, so he managed people like Alice Cooper. So was it quite pressured for you to try and get involved in the music industry? Um, no, there wasn't a lot of pressure. I mean, my grandfather actually, who kind of got everybody into it. My my mom's father, Susie's father. You know, oh, do you want to play an instrument? What do you hear? Um, but it was too extroverted for me. I wasn't, I love music, but I didn't have a desire to, yeah, be out there that way. Um, I wasn't even sure acting was what I wanted to do until I found a great teacher who taught me what was kind of a gift about it. And yeah, they didn't push me at all. They were just, you know, they, my mom was like, okay, yeah, sure, you can be an actress. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's good then at least you had your own chance to go off and do what you wanted to do that's true and and she helped me you know she paid for me to go to a good school and she you know absolutely so you're talking then about getting into acting and you know obviously just after your school years was there anything that you particularly did at any point in your life that made you think this is the moment that I want to become a serious actor hmm. well um, an interesting thing happened when I was about 16 years old, and I was in New York City with my mother, and we went to see the movie Francis with Jessica Lange, and that was the first time I ever thought, I remember staying up all night and thinking about her, the actress, like Jessica Lange, and that this happened to this woman, Francis Farmer, who was an actress, and it just, it's the first time I ever thought, wow, if you know, if that if that's the caliber of, like, what you can do and touch people that deeply, and... I, I thought that what an amazing thing to do, you know, but come full circle in my own career. No, it just, I knew I did like two moon junction and that I had a different opinion of the film I was making than my director did. And so it just got kind of distorted. And I think after the pilot of twin peaks, uh, you know, I met a great teacher, Roy London and, and, and I shared with him all, all the things that I felt about acting or, what I wish it was and what it hadn't been so far. And he uh, showed me and he spoke to me about it and showed me through mentoring and coaching me for the next two years before he passed away, how it really could be, you know, this amazing gift and like, you know, the messed up childhood you have and you can work things out through having the courage to actually, you know, expose that part of yourself and try to work on something real while you're being film not sort of demonstrating it and 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 some people will say other actors will say no it's not a therapy it's never about me and you know I, I I think the best work is the the most personal work whether an actor chooses to say it is or isn't them you know our our, our life experience is far more interesting than 
you know, our imagination or what we think is sexy, you know, it's far more interesting. Something just appear, you know, something just happens than somebody trying to be something that's not very attractive. (laughs) One of the first um, performances I saw you in was the 1984 film, The Wildlife, playing the character of Penny. You worked with Cameron Crowe, who's one of my favorite filmmakers. Can you kind of remember that experience? Was it a really good time for your life to be in that role? It was really interesting. It wasn't with Cameron as directly as I wish it was because Cameron wrote it, but Art Linson directed it. My scenes were with Christopher Penn, and he's wonderful. And, I mean, at the time we were dating. I mean, he was he's the kindest, soul, funny, pure talent um, guy. And he was, it was a funny time. It was, we had a great time doing it. But, you know, Art was like, you know, kind of brisk. I mean, I was nervous. I, you know, I was such, I was so green, as they call it. Like, I'm like, okay, what are we doing? And then he's like, it's called a scene. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, it was so, I'm, you know, I'm a girl from Michigan. I wasn't, it was all really trippy and new to me to be here and to be acting and to be put out there that way and to learn the difference between you know trying to be what you think people want you to be and actually discovering if you're just really your own truth and you have the courage to reveal that that's when people respond so um yeah it'd be crazy not to start talking about the part of obviously audrey and my favorite tv show twin peaks now I read and done a lot of research on you in the last few weeks and I didn't realize that David Lynch wrote that part for you. I didn't know that until recently. How does that feel? Well, especially now, it's the like coolest thing, you know, in the it's world. The coolest thing ever. Yeah, it really is. It's it's crazy that I always say this it is but it's it is true that it's amazing that what well, what my backstory in a nutshell which was kind of interesting was again really young, met somebody uh, an older woman manager who said to me, go into meetings and be yourself. Stop trying to be who you think people want you to be. Be yourself. If you're shy, be shy. If you're whatever, who, you know, if you're a bitchy person, be that. If you're a arrogant person, who you, you know, but stop trying to be who you think other people want you to be. And it was like, wow, you know, it was a big deal. And my next appointment was with David Lynch. So I was like, okay, she's right. You know, I do try, you know, oh, hi, you know, and you try to be real cheerful. (laughs) You know, you're wearing this mask that you don't want to wear and it's taking up more energy because you're smiling when you don't want to smile and you're frowning when you don't want to frown. And yeah, it's just the the whole world. Even it's the difference between like, you know, going to your dead dog that died or just being here now and having the courage to be, you know, wherever you are right now. So I went in there and I'm shy when I meet people. And so David did most of the talking and, he was, um, you know, asked me about the script, and I, I said, well, everyone's sleeping with everyone. Like, I, I didn't say the things you're supposed to say, and, you know, I left after maybe 15 minutes. I mean, it was fine. He was a sweetie, and, and, they, and the casting person told my manager I should have been more positive, and a week later they called and said he's writing her a role, and who sits for 15 minutes and then can, like, get into tap into something internally and then goes and writes this role that, people know you for for the rest of your probably career <laughs> it's it's phenomenal so, it's absolutely mind-blowing when you look back it's it, to be talking to you but to you actually try and put my head into your brain and be that person it just I just can't even think of what it must be like yeah and you can't believe that how it all just ended up turning out because I got the script and 
there was, you know, there's a little bit to do. There's not a lot. If you, like, look at the script, there's not a lot for Audrey to do. She's just kind of in the pilot, whatever. And then when I got the first, you know, episode, she had seen. So I was so happy. And um, just something happened. And it, it, it was so great. Such a gift that people loved her and got her. And It must have blew your mind when it became such a global success and everybody loved it and everyone was talking about it and it's this cult series now that even in 2017 the whole world is ready and getting excited for it to come back it must be it must have blown your mind to see how it took off well it still does especially you know yes and that now it's still around and the people want to see it and you know we all want of course i think everyone collectively want everyone to love it you know and go on this ride. This ride, to me, there's no way it can be what any one person thinks it would, should, or could be. Because it's 26 years later. You know what I mean? There's so many possibilities. It's infinite. Um, and I think it's going to be so much fun to go on this ride all these years later. And David, I feel David has so much more to give as a, you know, as a man. He has his life experience, his wisdom, his depth. I feel that the older we get, the more we have that way. Um he has, I'm really excited. I'm so excited. And I don't know what's going to happen because I got pages of my scenes, for goodness sakes. I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, I have no idea. I think only David does. I think he's the only guy right now in the world that knows what's going to happen. And we're all just sat on the edge of our seat waiting. It's, it's, it's scary and nervous, but exciting. It's a weird feeling. It is. When you know it will be interesting, it'll be all those things, right? Like you said, <sighs> scary, just... exciting, all these shocking sometimes, beautiful sometimes. And it's only a, it's only a few weeks away. It's it's crazy. For a year, I've been waiting, and it's just suddenly caught up on me, and I just I'm so excited. No. And you're in it, so you must be even more excited getting to see. You know, I saw you on the front of magazines. I'm starting to see a few press shots now, and I saw you on the news the other day. And it's like, oh man, it's starting to build up again, and the world's going to start all falling in love with you again. It's it's amazing. If they do, I hope they do. I hope they love it. I hope it's not something where it gets built up so much that can it live up to it. You know, I think it can. I think David's going to go on a wonderful ride. And yes. It's exciting. It's amazing. All I ever wanted as a fan of Twin Peaks was that, you know, Audrey and Cooper would end up together. Were you in that same mindset or were you quite cool with the way it's panned out? I was really upset. I didn't understand and I'm not supposed to say that and it gets me into trouble. But, you know, it is just my truth and, you know, the reasons behind changing storylines. But yeah, that was crazy. But I, I think that maybe ultimately, if we believe, if we choose to believe, everything happens for a reason. Maybe it makes it more exciting, you know, to see if something can happen now than, you know, if something had happened and died then. I don't know. Hopefully. It always surprises me that you weren't in Firewalk with me. I always thought, was there a specific reason why? I mean, did you not want to do it? Yeah, or did, you know? I got. I had just been cast in something that made me so happy. And so I was in Of Mice and Men. I, you know, did screen tests with John Malkovich. And after I got that role, I felt like, uh, <clears throat> I don't, I felt legitimized because it was John Steinbeck. It's Of Mice and Men. You know, it's these amazing actors from Steppenwolf and I got Curly's wife. So it had nothing to do with not wanting to do it. it I, of course I wanted, I really would do anything that David and his daughter, Jennifer Lynch, would do. But, yeah, I couldn't do I couldn't. They were both at the same time. And, 
he wanted my hair shorter and they wouldn't have it shorter. You know, it became a thing that they, they wanted to rehearse and really go and, and be a part of this immersive, cool acting process with these theater people. So I was so, you know, I wasn't happy that I missed one thing, but I was, I was blessed to have gotten something else, you know. I, I always felt there was a lot more to see of Audrey's character, and I think it should have turned out differently myself. I don't know if it's a rumour, but I always read that they were going to turn out maybe that you got your own spin-off. Um, I think I read Billy well, Zane had said that. Yeah. And, and he ended up with Mulholland Falls that, you know, David and his agent asked us to do that, and my manager and I, and, you know, it sounded great. It wasn't something, again, me with my big mouth, I was so young, but do they do that? You know, I said, I don't know. <laughs> I hadn't seen it really done yet, but of course, again, I'll do what he wants to do <clears throat> um, for whatever reason. I don't remember. It didn't happen. I remember I did Ruby that. I think I did Ruby in between the seasons. So, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was supposed to be Mulholland Falls. That's what they told me. Well, Audrey, they told me what the, um, that what the trailer looks like, like her driving – you know, on Mulholland Drive with this, like, big old scarf, like, flying in the background. You know, it's very old Hollywood. Audrey's going to go be an actress or something like this. Oh, then... I want it so bad. And how was it when they obviously announced the return of Twin Peaks? I mean, I, I remember the the whole uproar with David Lynch at one point pulling out and then a lot of the cast saying we're not going to do it unless he's part of it. That bond and that kind of love and knowing that you had that much power must have been mind-blowing to then see him brought back on to do what he wanted, how he wanted. I'm so happy that that happened. I think that I think that an interesting thing happened. I think it also had to do with the fans uh, for the second time because apparently after the pilot was aired the network wasn't going to buy Twin Peaks or no what was it was it that it was either the pilot or the first season no I think it was the pilot and fans wrote in and then they bought seven episodes so the fans have had a hand two times in bringing it back onto course and yeah that was de- totally devastating it went yeah it's a roller coaster we were so happy because for so long people had said you know, David and Jennifer, everyone said it wasn't going to happen. All of a sudden, it's happening. And then he called on Easter and said, I'm out. You know, I'm not doing it. I'm out. And, you know, it's like, what? I'm I'm out. I'm not doing it. And, then, you know, turned into this thing. And, and I think the fans found out. And I think people cared enough that... Um, <laughs> It's it's pretty it's pretty pretty it's a big thing. He went from making nine episodes to eighteen. <laughs> it's it's crazy, and it's it's kind of wonderful. It's like yes, yeah. So, you know, now we get so many more episodes. They are all directed by him, and him and Mark wrote them. But for him to be there to direct them, as far as I'm concerned, is everything. It's everything. It's a it's. To, it's a difference between day and night. For him to be there to direct the 18 episodes, wow, that's so cool. And it's an 18-hour movie, like his favorite thing on the planet. <laughs> oh, my God. Again, it's only a few weeks away, but I need to remain calm. 
I know, I can't believe it. So where were you then when you first heard that he was going to bring it back? Forget all the controversy that happened about him leaving and not getting the way he wanted and having to be brought back. Where were you when that phone call happened and he said, I am in, I am going to do it, I'm back, we're bringing it back? Well, yeah, well, when it was him that actually, because I had written to him and said, I'm not believing it till you say it. If so, You know, there's all kind of stuff people are saying. I was in a restaurant and I screamed and made a fool out of myself and ran out. <laughs> in my mind, you know, and I've said it, but it really is true. Like, I do Twin Peaks now live happily ever after. Everything will be fine. We have to go back to Twin Peaks. Like, it's crazy, kind of. So I hope that's right. I hope people love it. Have you watched any of it? Have you seen any of it? Have you been able to? No, nothing. Zero. Nothing. Not even a trailer. I thought you'd have I seen the, something. The trailer's just shots of the old show. It seems like. Yeah, I don't know that I've, I've not seen any new to... footage at all. It's it's. I want teasing a little bit more, but not too much. You know. Mm. Yeah, he's he's funny. <laughs> Obviously, mm-hmm. after that as well, you went on and you did one of the other most famous TV series of all time, playing Ginger in Friends. How was that experience? That must have been completely different to the whole Twin Peaks setup. Yes, that was very strange. It's not not something I'd ever done with an audience. And, and on top of that, it was so fast because somebody had gotten fired. I, rem- I remember where I was when they called me. I had left a doctor's appointment. I was in Santa Monica. My manager was like, they fired somebody. And if you want to do friends, you have to drive over there right now. And, and I remember feeling panicked and frightened because it was an audience and just everything. But... Um, but yeah, I went and did it, and it was a really good time. But it was like arrive Wednesday, rehearse Thursday, Thursday Friday, you shoot, you're done. <laughs> it was like a whirlwind that quick. Yeah. And then another film that I really enjoyed reviewing is Wild at Heart. Is that what you did in between seasons of Twin Peaks? Yeah, I think it was in between the seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Was that nice to kind of have a break from Twin Peaks and just have a bit of a change of scenery and different kind of people to work with, or were you just sitting there missing? kind of the Twin Peaks and just wanted to get back to it. I missed Twin Peaks. I think it you know it depends on the show that you're on, but if it's a good mixture of people and it feels creative. And for me, how ideal, I even better than being the lead of a show, just to be a supporting part of a show. You have a couple days of week and you have a life and you, you know, but you know everybody there and you've known them for years. I really like series television because... Yeah. You're part of the family, aren't you, you know? Exactly. It does. Absolutely like a family. And then obviously after that as well, the film, which is kind of a Marmite film. People either love it or hate it, but Boxing Helena, um, which I thought was very good. And what was your experience of making that movie? Because it it must have been a very challenging role for you. Mm. Yes, it was challenging. I loved making it. I would make it again. It, It had a lot of meaning. It scared me. Um, Jennifer and I sat down and talked about it. We just said we'd met once on a, on, on the set um, when she was there visiting David, but we never, ever had any communication. She's one of my closest friends. I understand that there's things about the tone that are confusing to people, and, and maybe it isn't, you know, maybe it doesn't have a perfect tone, but I think it's a magical, brave film. And uh, Jennifer wrote it when she was 19, and yeah, I remember I couldn't stop reading it, and by the time I got through it, I like threw it across the room, (laughs) you know, it felt, you know, wow, how do I, uh... but I kind of love it, I have a place in my heart that I really do love it. Good, because I do. I think I think it's great, and uh, you know, fuck the critics that mauled it. I think that they're unfair. I think it's a 
it's a damn good film and the performance you put in was was magnificent so i just i think they challenged you and you pulled it off you know thank you also one of your big biopic picks is obviously the elizabeth taylor story that blew me away i mean how is that doing a biopic it must have been so different to anything you've ever done before I oftentimes refer to that seriously as one of the hardest things I've ever done because we covered, you know, someone's life, but not just someone, Elizabeth Taylor's life, you know, the high points, of course, you know, for a biopic and the first maybe four to five weeks are, are your, I was playing 16 to about 35 and then the second about 36 to 65 it was crazy. I got sick two different times where it was heavy. It was emotionally heavy. It was six day weeks. It was um, quite quite a challenge to say the least. Yeah, but I loved doing it. I loved doing it. She's amazing, you know. But if you're doing a shot, then you have to have the right dress and you have to have because she's an iconic. You know what I mean? So there was constantly wardrobe fittings and this and that, and I, I got down to a hundred and two pounds, but like not good. But I had, there was so much energy, six day weeks, and I had my baby, my first child. And at that point, um, Miles, he was only about, God, maybe four or five months, you know what I mean? Six months. He was like on my hip. So it was just, but I'm really proud of that film. Yeah, you should be. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I a like that film. Really bloody good film. And uh, I think to take on that challenge of being such an icon is it's not anyone would easily do that and you did it and you did it gracefully so I think fair play to you thank you okay then so think in a few years time they go and create the Sherilyn Fenn film who would you love to play you in that movie oh my god well people think Jennifer Goodwin looks like me so let's say Jennifer Goodwin yes it's like such an she seems like such a sweet spirit and and uh I feel a warmth about her and a lot of heart from her so Jennifer Goodwin, that's who I say. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this, Jennifer, you know, let's make this happen in a few years. That'd be great. <laughs> a couple of impossible questions to finish off. So what is your personal favourite episode of Twin Peaks? Mm. Oh, jeez, I don't even know. What would my personal... You know, it was fun. You know what I liked? I liked and it, smoking cigarettes with Lara in the bathroom and us talking, you know about Agent Cooper and about what's going on. And it's because David used to say, this is my kind of scene. Girls in the bathroom smoking cigarettes and talking about murder. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture him saying it as well. And I know. Oh, and it was God. Like, it's so true. What a great... He goes, when you walk in that door, you light that cigarette, you know? And, and it's true. Talking about murder and about Agent Cooper, it's like so funny. Yeah, I love that scene. And I love... The lines on the walls and like the, I, I love the high school stuff. It was um, it was fun to do the high school stuff. Was there a kind of a defining moment for you playing the character for you? To, when you look back at actually Audrey, is there a moment that stays with you? Well, I got who she was the first time I pulled that little pencil out of that coffee cup. Oh, that scene! Because mm, we were just having fun and goofing around, and um, it was excellent. Yeah. He's an amazing director. I don't. I, he's a magic man. He's the magic mystery man. <laughs> One of my really good friends, Paul Dawson, met you at the Twin Peaks UK Festival uh, a couple of years ago, which um, Lindsay organised, who I know well. Um, mm-hmm. 
how was that experience coming over to the UK and literally having a whole festival dedicated to your work and my god the the response and the photos I saw online looked like the the best weekend ever it was such a great I love the Twin Peaks festival in the UK I know Lindsay does an amazing job I want to go back I loved it I loved it it's it's almost hard to speak about because you it's such a weird thing because it's your work and you just you know but when you've touched people and people have said you know they were going through things in their life and I can only have gratitude, you know. It just makes me so grateful that something came through, you know. Because I feel like spirit comes through, you know. I don't, I don't think. Oh, I, I'm so, you know, Dave or even David. You know, David is a very spiritual man, and he doesn't, you know, like how he found Killer Bob. Nothing's an accident for him. So that he, you know, has his script written in inbox, whoever the heck I am, that he's like, oh, she needs to be in this script, you know. All of a sudden, there's this funny character, Audrey Horn, and she just has very little to do, probably two to three pages altogether in a script of 125 pages. You know what I mean? She has just little things to do, maybe maybe four, maybe four pages, counting the Norwegians. <laughs> but, but I forgot about them. But very little to do, and then it turns into something. That's, I feel like that's like God at work. Like just little, little, little sprinkles of things that, um, who knew, you know? With David Lynch, I, I've, I think I've become convinced that there's no such thing as a throwaway part in anything that David Lynch does or films ever. Mm-mm. Right? Even seeing, and, and again, that instinct thing of trusting his intuition and his instinct. He's looking through pictures, bam, when he saw Cheryl Lee, that beloved Cheryl Lee, that's it. Stop right there. That's Laura Palmer. I mean, it was done. (laughs) Wow. I'm so jealous that you get to be on set with this genius. Oh, my God. So how's the future looking for you then? Obviously, in the next few weeks, the world is going to be falling in love with you over again, which happened many years ago, and we're going to do it all again soon. It must be a good feeling knowing that we're so close to getting this now. It is a good feeling. It's kind of unbelievable. And I hope, you know, from your mouth to God's ears, I hope people fall in love with it. And I hope it creates other opportunities to, you know, and even maybe even more Twin Peaks opportunities, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Following you on Twitter and uh, Instagram and stuff, I see that you're very spiritual and very religious. Is that something that's been from a young age or is that something that happened in later life? Because I see that you're very influenced by God and you are very, very religious with your thoughts. Yes. Um, I had, I grew up Catholic, you know, my grandmother and she certainly planted some seeds. And then um, over the years, I've had different experiences, absolutely beautiful, strange, magical experiences with spirit, with Jesus, with, you know, I don't think that, you know, I'm special. I think that we all are. I think that, yes, when I moved towards that in my life, and a couple of months ago, something started happening around, um, around Jesus and God, and, and it's been amazing. So, I don't know what's more important. I mean, you know, I'm 52 and it just feels like chasing other things in life have left me very empty sometimes and remembering, you know, what's important and trying to be of service and, you know, love other people, love myself even more. 
not in some you know vain kind of way but you know have your priorities changed massively is that the thing that's been affected the most mm, my priorities i'd say more my perspective yeah i'd say it's always been here it's i used to have this wonderful teacher and he used to say to some of us, everything's in the moment, except you. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd all be like, wait a minute, you know. And slowly that comes back and I start to understand it. It's 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 my perspective that's changed, you know, of uh, be, ha, instead of, uh, what is Tony Robbins says, instead of expectations, have appreciations. I mean, they, the littlest things can, I mean, they literally make huge differences in our lives that they have in mind. I, you know, I spent, I had to move out of my apartment. All of a sudden there's black mold and the people are being horrible and it was so expensive to move. And, you know, and then it put me a bit in a, you know, depression for a few weeks. And then I had to look at, look what you're thinking, you know, that's continuing it and continuing it and continuing it. And to really make a choice to see, change my perspective to the things that are amazingly good about being in a new place, about, you know, like you said, I said, you even, it's been so many years, Twin Peaks is such a, this is such a a gift that it's come back, people want to see it. It's hard to get a job as you get older in Hollywood. I mean, if it's hard for Michelle Pfeiffer just because she spent time with her kids, I mean, are people out, you know... It's hard for me. It's hard for a lot of actresses. It's not, you know, it's a story we've heard. But, oh my goodness. I'm I'm ready now. I'm ready for this theme music to kick in. And I can't believe you've not even seen any of it. That makes me feel probably a bit better knowing that we're all left in the dark right now. Complete. I mean, he will edit it until the last minute knowing him. He's a little, he's just, you know, I'm so busy, you know. He's having fun and, you know... 200 cast members. I've seen stuff like Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam's in it and all these random names that have just got cameos and small parts. It's I just can't get my head around how it's going to be and I have no idea. And David is the only one that's going to... He's got the strings and he's... Oh, it's such a crazy thought to know we're going to get to experience this all again. And it's been so many years, but he'll still have that magic, I'm sure. Absolutely. I'm, I, I just picture it like we've been climbing up this hill, 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 hill. So when you get to the top and it's, you know, what is it, May 22nd, is it? Or it's not long. I think it's like three weeks now. It's all we've got. Yeah, but whenever it is on Sunday, I think it's on a Sunday, just like let go and go down the slide and go for the ride because that's what's going to be fun. You know, just, oh, my goodness. I've got my and big slice of pie. It. I've got my big cup of coffee. I'm going to be wearing my T-shirt and just enjoy the hell out of it. I know. It's going to be so much fun. And he had so much fun, which made me happy. I mean, I think it surprised him how much fun he had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it's work, but he must be loving it all again. It must be so nostalgic for him, but so exciting to have it all again. Yeah, he had said to me the hardest part is like just sitting down and writing it, just making yourself write it, just write it, you know what I mean? (laughs) But like the doing of it was, yeah, a really good time, absolutely. It's been an absolute blast talking to you and I am so grateful for the time and it's it's been a long time coming. The listeners out there won't know but this has probably been six months in the making but we finally spoke, we finally sat down and I'm thanking you from the bottom of my heart for talking to me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. 
It's been my pleasure as well. And thank you so much for your patience around what is sometimes madness in this world. It just gets a little complicated. So there it is, the interview with myself and Sherilyn discussing all things Twin Peaks. I really hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, I just want to say a massive thank you to Sherilyn for taking the time out. The amount of press that Sherilyn has got to do over the next few days is insane, all over the world to promote the return of Twin Peaks. But to take the time out and talk to me, I'm very, very grateful. And as you heard, the interview was fantastic. And again, one of my favourites that I've done. Sherilyn was an absolute delight to talk to. We had a good blast before we recorded this and we did afterwards and... She is an amazing woman, so it's so good that when you get to talk to one of your kind of heroes off telly and one of your idols that you've watched for years, they live up to be this amazing person that you hope. So I hope you all enjoyed it, and I hope you, you know, get on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram or drop me an email and let me know what you thought of the interview. And, you know, I'm really hoping that you all love the return of Twin Peaks and, you know, keep the tweets coming because there's a lot of good fans out there that love Twin Peaks and we are all pretty dedicated, hardcore fans. So I'm always up for talking Twin Peaks with any of you guys that are listening. On the next episode, for episode 10, I will be interviewing. Uh, you know the score by now. I'm not going to be telling you who I'm interviewing, but keep a close eye on the social media. Go on markandme.com to find out the links if you haven't been on there. And you know me, I'll be dropping a few hints and there'll be a little video trailer and stuff to reveal who. But it's quite scary that I'm on episode 10 already of this little side project podcast that was only meant to be just a few interviews now and then. But there's some really good people in the uh, pipeline and I've booked about four or five more interviews this week so things are really looking good so as long as you guys keep listening I will be recording and putting out as much content as I can for you all again I've said it a lot but thank you for taking the time to listen I appreciate it lives are busy and I understand it's not easy to get time to kind of just switch off and listen but hey it's very very much appreciated Check out Skip to the End, my other podcast, if you haven't heard it before, because they're fortnightly, so make sure you uh, check that out. And take it easy, enjoy Twin Peaks, let's all get the cherry pie, some damn fine coffee, and I'll speak to you all again in the very near future.